Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. We'll have to break down some of these polls. Uh, there, there are four polls out about the Republican health care plan, and they're in the uh, 12, 17, 18 percent range of people who approve, who approve it. So a majority. <laughs> but you break it down into, uh, into to, to, to other questions. It's really interesting. It, 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 it's, you know, people don't understand the most basic things that are discussed. Uh-huh. And this is an incredibly complicated. I mean, you have, sure. to, you have to really put a lot of effort into it to really understand what's going on. Transition of uh, Medicaid, for instance, from a federal program to a state-administered block grant situation. Well, we'll get into that a little bit. Indeed. All right, Michelangelo, I need your help on this. We have a brand new feature today in Utopian Foolishness. Uh, we need theme music. What do you have for me? Is this a safety dance? Yes. What? We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, I, uh, well, no, no friends, friends of mine. mine. That's right. Hell no. <laughs> All right, turn it off. I, it's That's funny. a good I, tune. Oh, it's a great song. How do you Kids write these days, teenagers these days, like it every bit as much as when it came out? How do you write a song like that? Where, where's the inspiration for that nonsense come from? I don't understand the inspiration for nonsense. And sing. <laughs> right. Drugs, man. Drugs. drugs. That's right. Maybe it's drugs. You've obviously never been in a scenario where you wanted to dance. People <laughs> said you can't dance. And they're like, hey, man, I can dance if I want to. And if my friends don't dance, right. well, they're no friends of mine. Certainly not. It's good to have standards. Leave them behind. That's how that gets inspired. What's the safety dance? I don't know. Sa- how and that then, factor? And in? then you decide to spell it. S S S S A A A. I assume it's dancing without touching. You just look at each other and get close, but you don't actually put your hands on each other. No, that that may be. So it's today in Utopian foolishness. <laughs> but we'd have to edit it so. Because when the guy starts singing, it's impossible to concentrate on anything. Because you want right. to sing along. What's wrong with them? Oh. No friends of mine. You know, as soon as it came out, when this song came out, I took it personally. I don't like to dance. But I'm a nice fellow. You can hang out with me. Y'all go dance. I'll get the drinks. No? I'm no friend of yours? You're leaving me behind? That's just cruel. All right, turn it off. Turn it off! Couple exhibits today in Utopian Foolishness. First of all, our good friends at the Pacific Legal Foundation are suing 
King County or is it the city of Seattle or both or neither because of the whole democracy voucher program in which everybody, every Seattle resident gets four $25 vouchers, which they can contribute to candidates for city council and city attorney and soon mayor. Candidates must abide by spending limits, blah, blah, blah. But you just get four $25 vouchers. You can give it to whichever politician you like the best. But the Pacific Legal Foundation points out, and they shouldn't even have to point this out, these so-called democracy vouchers could not be more undemocratic or unconstitutional. First Amendment rights include both the right to speak and the right not to speak. You can't be forced to engage in political expression or advocacy that is contrary to your convictions. The voucher program suspends that liberty. It's about coercion, not free choice. It taxes property owners, takes their money, and uses that money to advocate for politicians. One of the great ironies of this is most of the vouchers that have been donated as of the June 7th reporting uh, deadline went to tenant activist John Grant, who's advocating for collective bargaining for renters. So rental property owners are forced to bankroll a politician who is adverse to their rights and their interests, et cetera, et cetera. It amounts to a classic case of compelled speech, a clear-cut violation of the First Amendment. I remember when this came out. We thought it was crazy. Right, right. Utopian foolishness. And this. Where better to go next but the, the world capital of utopian foolishness, San Francisco. San Francisco taxpayers could soon pay $190,000 in a settlement with an undocumented immigrant who claimed he was reported to federal immigration authorities in violation of the city's sanctuary city ordinance, according to the city attorney's office. So he actually he got his car stolen, and he went in to get his, uh, his stolen car, and somehow or other... <laughs> When he went outside, ICE was there and said, hey, we want to talk to you. The apparent incident, which led to the two-month detention of Mr. Figueroa Zarcino, who has no lawful right to be in the country, um, it could be a violation of sanctuary city policies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the city is going to settle with this man for almost $200,000 of taxpayer money. To a non-citizen. To a non-citizen who snuck into the country. And uh, and and was discovered. That's something. It is something. You know, if it were not such a flagrant violation of federal law and a flouting of federal law, I would think. You know, listen. If utopian foolishness is the coin of the realm, if that's what turns you on and you want to do that sort of thing, go ahead. You know what? If this, if the taxpayers of San Francisco, city and county, are willing to pay two hundred ger to an illegal immigrant because ICE held on to him for a little while to decide what to do with him, go ahead. Just seems like utopian foolishness. Da-da-da, da-da-da-da. <laughs> we'll work on the theme music. Oh, boy. A couple of texts that we got over the uh, safety dance, I can tell you. Um, Jack, uh, Hebrew National Dogs are the best if you're going to try to eat as many do- dogs as you can. But I think if you eat eight of those, you'll risk meat sweats. I've never had meat sweats. Wow. But seems like something to avoid. This man has meat poisoning. Um, meat, don't do it. Vince, put the podcast up. Turn the volume up while you're at it. And have some damn kids already, too. Got that text. 
Hey, Mom. Wow. <laughs> Vince's mom weighing in. There's some changeover in the system for podcasts, so that's what's going on there. That's the only reason I bring it up to uh, Yeah, we're to so remember. sorry. It's uh, highly inconvenient. And uh, and a number of comments on the whole uh, healthcare thing and why the polls are what they are. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. We've got a guest coming up next to talk about this uh, cyber attack that's happening worldwide. What's it all up to? They're holding people up for ransom to get their computers back. But most experts don't seem to think that that's what's going on. I wonder what is going on, though. If you listen to the lame stream media, they'll just give you the surface of the story. We'll dig deep. You know, somebody pointed out Kirkland's hot dogs are good. They are good. I've, I've had a lot of Kirkland hot dogs and been very happy with them. The lovely uh, Seattle suburb or the uh, the Walmart brand? Costco. 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 My apologies. You get the $1.50 for a, a hot dog and a, and a drink. Oh, and those, those things are... You slap legs on those things, you got a dachshund. They're big. Yeah. They're yummy. Yummy is right. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. For some reason, and I'm a, uh, what do you call people who hate technology? A Luddite. I'm a Luddite. Yes. I actually am a Luddite. Um, but I am fascinated by these cyber attacks that have been going on, well, for years now, but several in the last couple of weeks that have gotten lots of attention. Just reading the various articles from various experts, there seems to be some belief that something big might be going on. Well, I think we all have a personal interest in it because every danged one of us uses some sort of computing device. Uh, there's a national security interest, certainly. There's a, a corporate interest because companies are being screwed with. and uh, So, yeah, it's a, a really a multifaceted problem. And Roger Chang joins us. Uh, Roger's executive editor for CNET.com. Who better to ask about... Uh, the recent cyber attacks. Hello, Roger. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So a, 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 a lot of cyber experts seem to think that these ransomware attacks, that's not really the intent, is to get ransom. There's something else going on. Uh, where are you in that camp? Do you think it's actually about getting the cash, or is there some other nefarious plan happening? It's Obviously, it's hard to say for sure, but there there's a lot of uh, evidence, there's a lot of indications that uh, the ransomware ultimately, yeah, is a, is a smokescreen, right? These are um, this is malware that's going in, infecting computers, asking for three hundred dollars in Bitcoin. Not a lot, uh, if you really kind of add it up in terms of who would pay. Um, so you know, there's there's a lot of indication. There's a lot of uh, indicators that point to you know something more nefarious, whether it's you know shutting down or occupying a business uh, business computer system so they can go in the back end and start hacking and stealing more sensitive information. Um, so that's, that's definitely been kind of floated as a, as a theory out there with why these things are starting to proliferate more, right? Are, are they smoke screens? Whoever's behind this, are they so media savvy and so clever that they realized everybody would grab onto the hook of, oh, they, 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 they lock your computer and ask for ransom. And the media talks about that all the time and it would, it would, it would hide their actual plan because it's working that way. It's amazing to me. They must have understood the psychology of media reporting. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if they—I don't know if they necessarily understand the psychology of it, but I mean, they've looked at uh, past coverage. You saw when WannaCry kind of came out there, and, and everyone sort of glommed onto it. It was obsessed about what ransomware was, how it worked, how to stop it. Um, I mean, if you're a hacker, you're looking into that. You're probably thinking, 
with all that attention, I mean, that gives me a lot of room to do other nefarious stuff on the side. I don't want to be too hip for the audience here. What we're talking about is an incredibly sophisticated, advanced uh, attack that ostensibly was just asking for the ransom that Roger mentioned. But the, the back end part, the way you'd pay and the rest of it, was incredibly primitive, slapped together like nobody cared. It barely even worked. I don't know if it worked at all, but, which was extremely odd. Is that more or less a, a good description? That, sorry, that the uh, the original uh, ransomware attack? Well, no, that the, the recent one, attack. which is the one that was uh, written up, Jack, in the New York Times uh, over the yeah, weekend? Yeah, the, the fairly recent ransomware attack, uh, from, from what I read, the uh, the the conduit for paying for it was not done very well, and it was just pretty hard yeah. to imagine that these super geniuses were able to get into all these computers and then put no effort into the paying for it part of it. Yeah, actually, that's it's a really interesting point you're making uh, because the, the actual malware that was sent around the ransomware uh, was worse than WannaCry. It actually not only did it sort of shut your files out, but it locked down your hard drive. So it was actually it was definitely more nefarious, a lot nastier than than WannaCry. But as you rightly pointed out, that they set up a payment system on an email server that um, the server ultimately shut down. So there was actually no way for you to pay. Um, and yes, the main point of ransomware is to make money, uh, and they screwed up on how to deliver the money to you. That's definitely an indication that maybe that wasn't their main priority. Yeah, so uh, Roger Cheng, executive editor for CNET, CNET.com, is on the line. So I find myself wondering, and you know what I know about hacking uh, would not uh, fill up the original iPhone's memory. Um, but is the risk of showing their hand worth the trial run of something nefarious? I mean, that's an interesting theory. I don't know. I mean, I think perhaps if this attack is a trial run, we we don't really know. It's hard to speculate. Could it be? Well, this is talk radio, Roger. Speculate <laughs> as much as you want. You you can say almost anything. <laughs> um. Uh. So, is there a chance it is a four hundred pound guy on his bed, or does it almost have to be state sponsored? Or do you have any idea? I mean, given the sort of sophisticated nature of how it's put together, I mean, yeah, there's a high likelihood that it could be state sponsored. Um, I think that there was some some suspicion about that with WannaCry, but this one this one's even more. Uh, you know, so the, the actual malware was pretty well put together. How concerned are you about the vulnerability of uh, American infrastructure, whether it's the power grid, uh, the air traffic control system, et cetera? I'm I'm very concerned. I mean, this is this uh, particular attack showed that even if you know you're responsible with your computer and you update your software and you get all the latest security patches that. It really just takes one weak link in the chain to really screw everyone over. Uh, in this particular case, we, we found it was a, basically a uh, Ukrainian tax software that hackers inserted their code into. This is the same. This is the tax software, basically like H&R Block software that everyone in Ukraine uses, including the branch offices of companies like FedEx and Maersk, which were also hit. Um, and so even if companies like FedEx poured all their money into making sure their infrastructure and system was in place or their security and protections were in place, uh, they could still be vulnerable because, you know, their branch office may not have the same protection or was using software from uh, that, that had contained malware unknowingly, and that infected the entire system using sort of the way the Windows is sort of built, using that kind of file-sharing system to kind of get, spread it all over the place. Almost none of us understand what is going on, except for the experts who are committing the crimes and the and the people on the other side that are trying to stop them. Is the where's the power balance in terms of genius? Are there more geniuses turning to the dark side and trying to uh, 
do bad things, or is there, or is there smart, more smart people on the uh, good guy side of things? I, it's totally debatable. I'm not, I, I really have no idea. I know there are a lot of smart people on both sides, um, but it's, in terms of a, a head count, I, I have no idea. Because a lot of your super genius computer geek types are pretty, uh, you know, uh, a fringe of society. Uh, maybe their social life wasn't so great their whole lives. Careful, don't insult Roger. You never know. He might be one of those guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it wouldn't you be so... I go cry in my basement now. <laughs> Your mom's basement. Exactly. <laughs> but that's that's somewhat true, though, isn't it? I mean, you can, you can have somebody who's a supercomputer genius, and, you know, they... They, they, they weren't the popular kid in school. I'm going to show you. It, it's, it's a pretty good lure. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue that's probably an overgeneralization. Of, this is uh, talk radio! <laughs> Again! <laughs> we have to remind you. I know. I, I have to be reminded to just go a little bit looser. <laughs> let, her, just let her ride. Uh, no, I, look, I would say there, look, there are smart people in a lot of different places, like Silicon Valley. There are tons of smart people. People that fit your profile that went on went on to you know be billionaires, right? So sure, uh, it's it's really tough to to just sort of isolate that. One good point. Very good oh, point. Of course, yeah. Do you want to be a white hat? Do you want to be a black hat? Do you want to be Lex exactly. Luthor? Or do you want to be Superman? Uh, Roger Chang of CNET is on the line. He's the executive editor there. What kind of phone are you carrying around these days, Roger? <laughs> I've got an iPhone Seven Plus and a Google Pixel. Oh, listen to him straddling the aisle. Good man. That's right. Good man. Roger. I, get, I got haters from both sides, so I've, I've got to be I've got to be neutral. Hey, since it's the ten year anniversary of the iPhone coming out, uh, yeah, I, I, there's Today, har- actually. yeah, there's hardly a bigger thing that has happened in my life, uh, invention wise, than than the iPhone. I was going to say, are you married? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad he threw an invention wise. Yeah, I've got a couple of kids too. So you know, kids, the iPhone's the biggest thing that ever happened. But after to me. that, you're like <laughs> close on the list. But seriously, it's changed the way I do practically everything. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we don't. I, I don't carry a watch anymore. Uh, flashlights are pretty much obsolete. Yeah, computers are. Um, yeah, you. I mean, weathermen. I, <laughs> I still have a I mean, satchel. I take more photos on this thing that I. Oh yeah. Know, I have more photos on my one phone here than I've ever taken in the first fifteen, twenty years. Absolutely. Of my life. Like, Please, calculator, <laughs> compass, mailbox. I said, Roger, within a couple of weeks of the iPhone coming out, and I got one. Uh, it has made me an adult because <laughs> I had my correspondence and my my calendar. And the uh, ability to remind myself of what was on the calendar. All of a sudden, the whole date book thing. I tried so hard <laughs> to do to fill oh, out the, the date the book. Old day runners, yeah. yeah. I, 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 my day runner looked full for like the first month and a half, and then it was completely blank. And then you didn't know where it was. Yeah, me too, brother. Yeah. Uh, but it made an adult out of me. I just, I'm mm-hmm. just so grateful for for the little device, and now I'm addicted to it like junkies are addicted to heroin. Hey, how much did they know? When the iPhone came out 10 years ago today, that this stuff would happen? Because it seems to me maybe my memory is wrong, but did we know all these apps were going to come along and do all this stuff? Or did that just come after and take advantage of an amazing platform? Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of both sides to it. I don't think the uh, the folks at Apple quite knew, I don't think anyone knew that it would explode the way it did. You have to re- remember, the original iPhone didn't run apps. It really just right. had its own Apple apps, right? It had Google uh, Google Maps, it had YouTube, uh, and a handful of other Apple Maps. And you really, it was mostly, it was a music player, it was a browser, uh, you did email on it, that was it. And it, it did things amazingly well, obviously. It wasn't until the, the next year came around, the next phone, 
uh, that they were able to open up the App Store, and that's when things kind of exploded. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's when it really took off. And now we all have the riches of a dozen or more apps. We don't even remember what they do. <laughs> well, now, and also, we we don't blink an eye when we spend a thousand dollars on a phone. Now it's it's insane. Right. Like back back in the day, like with flip phones. I would I would be angry if I spent more than twenty dollars on a phone, right? With my subsidy or signing a contract. And nowadays, people don't hesitate to get in line and fork over a thousand bucks for. A well, it's an incredibly valuable piece of gear. Well, it's a it's a computer. It's a lot of things. Uh, Roger Chang, executive uh, editor for CNET. Roger, really enjoyed the chat. I hope we can do it again. Absolutely. Thanks. Well done. Mine, I think, was seven hundred bucks. And uh, the other day, I uh, had to grab my kid out of the pool fast because they got into a fist fight. Long story, but anyway. Mm-hmm. I had my phone in my hand, completely submerged it in the water. Don't! <laughs> I thought, you need to treat this like what it cost. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to not because you carry it around all the time. Buddy of mine leaped into his, leapt into his pool the other day with his phone in his pocket yeah, yeah. of a swimsuit. I pat myself down like I'm at the airport because <laughs> I'm, I'm absent-minded. I could jump into the pool with like my, my iPhone, my keys, like the book I'm reading still in my hand. And so I pat myself down like it's the airport before I get in the pool. There's a little tip for you. But I stuck it in a bag of rice, California rice. And uh, that works, man. That really works. I oh, jammed it in a bag fabulous. of rice, sucked the moisture out of it and my phone works as well as it before. That's good. That's a bad feeling. Oh, As you know, I've dropped my phone in the toilet multiple times. <laughs> that I have never done. Multiple phones in multiple toilets. <laughs> oh, Personal yeah. or public? Yeah. Or multiple. How do you uh, go? T- toilets? Yeah, toilets, yeah. <laughs> how do I go? Well, how like I... most people. Uh, well, clearly not. Clearly, yes. So you've got some sort of weird dangling your phone over the toilet way of, of, of perching on the toilet. I tell you what, i got a shooting percentage that'd be the envy of the NBA, though. <laughs> if, that, if, that, if that thing comes out of my hand, it's going in. You know, I'm like LeBron at crunch time. Has it ever Has it gone in when the uh, when it's, uh, when, oh, it's boy. when it's gross in there? See, you know what? I have a little class and refinement, so I wouldn't talk about that. That means yes. Because if yeah. it just goes into an empty <laughs> bowl full of water, it's still a little gross, but... Does no one want to discuss ideas? <laughs> Art, poetry. You want to talk about poo-poo. I got an I idea. I am throwing my pearls before swine. Here's an idea. Quit dropping your phone in the toilet. Yes. There's my idea. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Trump's latest Twitter attack setting off a media frenzy. The U.S. getting ready to deal with North Korea. And one state's race to bankruptcy is picking up speed. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, I just got a New York Times news alert. Donald Trump attacks TV host Mika Brzezinski in vulgar terms. So this is turning into the story of the day. Oh, boy. That does Donald Trump, I was going to say no good, but among a lot of his peeps, attacking Mika Brzezinski does him good. Well, what I'd like to focus on is all the people around America, rich, poor, and in between, who got up this morning and said, you know the thing that really worries me that the government can do for me is something about Mika Brzezinski. Because that's the dinner table. Can they do something that would help anybody in America, please? And stop fighting. With cable news news hosts most people haven't heard of. No kidding. Stay tuned. You don't have to be so rude. Well, no. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm a cable news junkie. It's the nature of my job. 
but I, I think I realize the role cable news plays in America, which is pretty small. The chattering classes, Jack. It's what it's for. They're, he says chatteringly. Their ratings for shows are regularly in the hundreds of thousands. They're counted in the hundreds of thousands as opposed to millions. Oh, yeah. The superstars are getting three, four, five, six million. I don't think anybody gets up around there. I thought Bill O at his, at his height did, but I stand ready to be corrected. Yeah, and he would be the biggest of all of them by far. Mm-hmm. If you get a million people, you're a huge star in cable. Huge. How is it everybody knows Wolf Blitzer's name? I don't know. Because he's got such a cool name. Because he sounds like a linebacker. In spite of his IQ of roughly 73. (laughs) Is it because people go to all the channels when a giant news event happens? And you see, you just know him from then, but they don't watch it on a daily basis. Maybe Uh, that's it. uh, Well, uh, puzzled out. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Wolf's been on uh, stalwart for CNN for 20, 30 years. 30 years, yes. My point being, I don't know how many people listening right now are aware of Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. The couple that does Morning Joe on MSNBC, but they are they are now a couple couple, and uh, they hate in, Donald Trump. In spite of his open contempt for her, intellectually, <laughs> professionally, I mean, seriously, if you treated your dog like that, people would look at you shamefully. If you I, don't have to be so snotty. I don't know about other people's relationships, but if I talked to my wife the way Joe Scarborough talks to Mika Brzezinski... Every day... Alone, let alone in front of people. Right. <laughs> that would be it. Oh, I got to explain why my wife hit me last night. I oh. said something that was really oh. a bad idea. Oh, my. Am I a mandatory reporter? So what about Joe and Mika? Well, is, is that, oh, I we're see. We're the news yeah. now with Marsha Phillips. Well, I got to tell you, it is on. I got a sample of some of the reaction to Donald Trump's tweet this morning. Headlines like USA Today, Trump hurls unbelievable new insults. The Daily Beast says rather than deal with his health care bill seemingly on death's door, President Trump launched a cruel personal attack on MSNBC's Morning Joe co-hosts and lovebirds, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. Once again, official President Trump tweet reader, Vincent Nicholas. I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ crazy Mika, (laughs) along with psycho Joe... Came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. Wow! I said no! Wow! Wow. Got it. Wow. And that's just yes. such a... That's such a socialite, rich, connected people thing that they wanted to sit with me, and I said they couldn't. Because right. that, that doesn't relate to most of our lives. Most of us don't even Please. have any idea what that's like. And the facelift shot. That's oh. down and dirty. <laughs> that is. On the other hand, now this is clearly, to me, beneath the office of the presidency to do this sort of thing. It's but, beneath the office of the janitor but it, <laughs> to be that mean. But in terms of a vicious attack, they daily call him uh, mentally uh, unfit to be president, crazy, a crook. Regularly. Hitler. Regularly. Which right. is, you know, pretty over-the-top, you know, news reporting. Yavor. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Who said that about, instead of worrying about his health care bill, blah, blah, blah. Daily Beast. What was the headline? Can you hit me with that again? Well, this is I the like way that. they put it. They said, rather than deal with his health care bill seemingly on death's door, 
President Trump launched a cruel personal attack on Morning right. Joe co You know, I had one of the busiest days of my yes. life yesterday. I won't bore you with the details, right. but there were so many things I had to deal with until I went to bed at night. It was astounding. And I had plenty of time to launch a cruel personal attack. It doesn't take that long. <laughs> so the idea that it's got to be one or the other is an absurdity. <laughs> All right. Lindsay, uh, just a moment. Lindsey yes. Graham tweeted, yeah. Mr. President, your tweet was beneath the office and represents what is wrong with American politics, not the greatness of America. Yeah, wow. you know, I, I would tend to agree. On the other hand, this guy is so much more entertaining than the last guy. <laughs> I mean, really. And, and old Barrick, was, he was a funny dude. He could, he could get off some comedy. Where do, where do you go from here, though? I mean, there's this, is there a, a further lower bottom? Than saying this sort of thing well, about if some there cable is, Brzezinski <laughs> get it lifted, huh? <laughs> Probably add one butt lift. All right, uh, your uh, home state, uh, Joe, is apparently going down the financial toilet even faster than we thought. Oh yeah, and I we have a uh, bankrupt Illinois correspondent waiting oh. to do a report at some point. Uh, when we want it, but go ahead, Mark. Well, I was just going to say, lottery players are not going to be able to buy Powerball tickets in Illinois anymore, not until the state's got a budget. The uh, lottery has suspended the Powerball sales. Mega Millions ticket sales, again, are going to be suspended this week. They apparently have no budget and no way to pay those lottery I winnings I just wanted off. to play the Powerball. Yes. The and Powerball. So <laughs> Illinois is on the brink of junk bond status, which yes. means that they and they have hundreds of billions of dollars of debt with no way to pay it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that every bit of that debt is going to become more and more expensive. And so they are just, they are in a bankruptcy spiral. One of the more populous states in the union. Indeed. It's about to go broke like it's Detroit or Stockton, California. One final note. The man who sang and co-wrote the iconic song from the 1960s is dead. Gary DiCarlo passed away in a Connecticut hospital after a battle with lung cancer. The band that he uh, was with only stayed together for a couple of years, but the song indeed lives on. Na 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 na, hey hey, goodbye. It's a staple at sporting events with home fans singing it to taunt visiting teams. And of course recently... House Democrats <laughs> sang the song to Republicans after they passed their health care bill, insinuating that those who voted for it will not be reelected. Wow, man, the state of politics in America right now. He's gone, but his taunt will live on forever. I wonder what he made off of that. That has clearly become a part of the culture. I don't know, but I'll his, bet it wasn't enough. No, for, his band was only together for two years. That was a, truly a one-hit wonder that stayed around through the years. What was the band again? I want to say Spirit. It wasn't no, Spirit. Steam. 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 That that's was right, it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the Voice of the West. Nice job, Michael. You're on top of this sort of stuff. I try to be. So this is going to be the topic of the day on cable news, the irrelevant platform we were just talking about, the president attacking the uh, Mika Brzezinski. Well, in the New York Times, that's the big news alerts, the big headline. Friend of Armstrong Getty, Jason, says, so Melania's cyberbullying campaign is going well. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shut up. Oh, my God, Vince. <laughs> uh, what All right, react to us. The text line, 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. 
it, it, this is not good. It does not help anyone. Mm. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, uh, another day where a tweet from the president that's not related to anything policy-wise is uh, is driving the discussion among some people. A lot of you normal people, this is not going to have any effect on your life. No, but it is extraordinary to have the POTUS unleash an angry, snarky teenage attack on media figures. I wish we had the... And a lot of people, a lot of y'all love it. And I recognize I'm going to read some of the text here in a second, but I was trying to find the clip of uh, Joe and Mika talking, just for those of you who don't watch MSNBC in the morning or never have. If I might. Okay. I think this is what we're looking for. Everybody, just stop. He can't stop. This is proven again and again and again and again. He can't stop himself. He is a train wreck going a thousand miles an hour. It is about the Republicans around him now. The story is about you. And and I I, I don't mean to have a nasty tone. You're a Democrat. You're a Democrat. You're a Democrat. Let me say me. this. Let me say me. this, okay? Because it means nothing coming from you, okay? You're a Democrat. Excuse me? It means nothing coming from a Democrat to these Republicans. Well, actually, the Democrats are going to win the election. Uh, so if you want to actually have a that. flying chance, you're going to have to we've do something that. that makes sense. Let me say this to my Republican Party. You are you are letting Donald Trump. You know, just... he gets more dis- condescending later on in the tape. But... <laughs> yeah, that's OK. Here we go. I think if you looked at Bobby Kennedy's record, you'd say some good things came out of that. And no. Ivanka so Trump Ivanka and Jared, Trump to Bobby Kennedy. you don't have to be so snotty. No, I was I'm about to curious. say you didn't let me get it out. You don't have to be so rude. Well, no, I, the fact of the matter is that they are not Bobby <laughs> Kennedy, as I was about to say. But you wanted to get your cheap shot in, so you got your cheap shot in. Well, they're lovers. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. A tempestuous relationship. This is what I said to my I wife. I need to take a shower. This is what I said to my wife last night. She hit me in the arm. Oh, boy. I said, what? She said, you ask people at work. Tell people at work what you said and ask them if they think that's a good thing to say. Okay. Excellent. So my wife, uh, we're laying there on the couch. Uh, she says, I got to make a pan of brownies tonight. And I said, oh, is it your lady time? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And where's the where's the bad question? And she hit me in the arm. <laughs> They're not laughing. They're chanting <laughs> brownies. Yeah. In retrospect, later, I thought, you know, that is not the, that's not something. Did she still make the brownies? That's she my did. concern. <laughs> she did. And I didn't eat any of them. I'm very proud of myself. Wow, of course, there's still half a pan there. But anyway, so Joe and Mike, Mika, who are also lovers, arguing like that. And uh, so they, they regularly say bad things about Trump. I mean, they, uh, Trump took it to a new level today, but um, they regularly talk about how he's clearly mentally ill. Yeah, he's he's a danger to himself and others. He's mentally ill, or he's clearly a crook. He's right. clearly in, set on getting rich and destroying the Constitution. And they go rather into depth uh, as to his incompetence. I mean, way past the line of reasonable reportage. Who says reportage? By the way, do you I'm have, ashamed I said it. Do you have the mean tweet from today, Vince? That we probably had to reset that I real do. quick. Yeah, uh, here it is. I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. Then I think how, you were watching, which is why you responded here. But Then how come low IQ Crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, 
came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. God. Wow, the facelift shot. That's the part that was really over the top. The first part was, you know, low IQ, crazy psycho. That's that's presidents shouldn't be involved in that sort of thing, probably. <laughs> probably but, God, George Washington is twirling in his grave. Twenty four hundred RPM. But the bleeding from a facelift. Yeah. So so the criticism that he seemed to be responding to was the he's he's out of control, he's a train that doesn't have any brakes, right? Just essentially just criticizing his lack of impulse control. And then he does something impulsive. And responds via tweet. Well, well, there are plenty of criticisms of the POTUS right now. Uh, That's one of them. Do you think? Uh, uh, Is it is it because he swaps out his wives a few years before they could even consider a facelift? Is that uh, mm, you want us to react to this? React to what? Anyone who's shocked by anything tweeted at this point hasn't been paying attention. That's one text. Oh come on! Do you think he was being true? Do you think she was actually bleeding from a facelift? Uh, That'd be a hell of a thing to make up. Trump probably laughs his ass off because all these people that come crawling to him are just such flakes and he can say whatever he wants for them and the regular people love it. I don't know if the regular people love it or not. I think a lot of people probably do. I think they do. I think it's awesome because he's destroying the media, says one texture. Yeah. Uh, so Jack's theory is that in response to being calling crazy, being called crazy and mentally unstable. Jeez, if I could read, it'd be so helpful to everyone. So Jack's theory is that in response to being called crazy and mentally unstable, Trump decided to dig up some personal cheap shot from six months ago. Um, Yeah, that's precisely what happened. Trump is an a-hole jerk bully. If you view him non-politically, any normal person would despise him. If you took the politics completely out of it, there probably wouldn't be a lot of people that approve of a, a lot of his behavior. I would be watching it and enjoying it as I did during his feud with Rosie O'Donnell. Right. For its clownishness. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You wouldn't care if you took the politics out of it. No, I would just think it's a couple of idiots battering each other. (laughs) Bleeding from her facelift. Wow. The Armstrong and Getty Show.